0: 4. After the gym, I headed back to the office for an afternoon consult, a referral from another attorney who felt the case was too complex for him to handle. A skinny man with glasses came into my office and sat down. He began telling me about a car accident. Within minutes, he was crying. Not tears, but a blubbery crying, like a child about to leave Disneyland. I knew within two minutes that I wasn't going to take his case. The fact was, the law was a harsh mistress. People liked to tell themselves they were unique, that everyone was special, and his or her value couldn't be measured. Well, the law didn't see it that way. Under the law, a person was valued at exactly how much money that person could earn. Anyone who hadn't gone to an Ivy League school, pulled in at least six figures, or had a family business waiting for them was what PI lawyers called an invisible client one who lived and breathed, but didn't officially exist. We didn't take invisible clients. The solo practitioners could fight over them. After five minutes, I stopped him. Mr. Uh, James, is it? He nodded. Mr. James, I'm very sorry for the situation this other driver has put you in, but we can't take your case. Why not? He looked absolutely shocked. Most clients I turned away had the same look, and it surprised me every time. Because liability is far from clear. You rolled through a stop sign and he ran a red light. Not good facts for either of you. But the pain. I'm in pain every day. I can't sleep at night. I can't watch TV. I can't go out. I know, and I'm sorry, but the value of this case is just not very high. The loss of your income isn't as high as I would need to take the case when liability isn't clear. It's true that pain and suffering and your medical bills are important, but those numbers don't add up to much. I'm sorry. You just don't earn enough. His face flushed pink, his lips pursed, and he stood up. Well, you are a rat son of a bitch, aren't you? He left my office, and I took a deep breath and leaned back in the seat. It was six in the evening. A few associates were still running around the office, but most of the staff had gone home. In an hour... I would hear the vacuums of the cleaning crew. I headed down to my reserved parking space, got into my Bentley, and drove about two miles uptown to a wine bar called Gleam, where I had the valet park the car. Ramey and Marty were already at a table. This was one of our traditions, too, get trashed the night of a big settlement and find some beautiful women to spend the evening with. Gentlemen, I said, sauntering up to the table, what are we drinking? Just wine for me, Marty said. I've got a date. "'I sat down. "'What the hell are you talking about? "'I got a date with Penny. "'So cancel. "'I can't cancel. "'It's getting serious with her.' "'He paused. "'I think I might have to ask her to marry me.' "'Ramey kind of twitched, his version of excitement. "'That's stupendous. "'Congrats.' "'Marty,' I said, putting my elbows on the table. "'What the hell are you talking about?' "'I think it's time. "'I'm sorry, Noah. "'I love going out with you guys, you know that, "'but I'm getting older.' Maybe it's time to hunker down. I know it wasn't for you, but I think it could be for me. Marty's parents were older and had lived through the tail end of the Great Depression. Seeing them keep old newspapers for toilet paper and reuse the same grease for every meal for a week had influenced him more than he'd ever admit. Made him crave safety over risk, even when it wasn't to his advantage. We'd gone to Las Vegas once, and he'd bet a $5 chip, lost, and then skipped dinner that night to make up for it. Living the bachelor life was too much of a gamble. Wait too long for the right person, and you could end up alone. Marty, though, hadn't seen the disadvantages of marriage. The slow separation that began like a crack in an iceberg. The marriage would splinter somewhere, and both of you would be holding on so tightly you couldn't breathe. Some people saw the fracture and still stayed married. They were the ones who sat quietly in restaurants and didn't speak or look at one another. Other couples, like me and my ex, couldn't stomach the thought of living a life with a person they no longer loved. I leaned back in my seat. What's your favorite breakfast cereal? What? Breakfast cereal. Like Lucky Charms, Fruity Pebbles, Wheaties, what? Um, I don't know. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I guess. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Do you eat it every day? No. No, of course not. Why? He shrugged. I'd get sick of it. He rolled his eyes. A woman is not serial, Noah. Same principle, man. Why would you tie yourself down to one woman when you can be with a different woman every night? Because I love her. I chuckled. <laughs> love is a creation of advertising.